Brody, 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 Sports Talk. Brody, 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 Sports Talk. Brody, 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 Sports Talk. Brody, Sports Talk. What's up, Brody? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of season 5 of Brody Sports Talk, where we never defer our episodes. We always try to make sure that we have them fresh for you on a weekly basis, uh, and that's why you like to give us uh, $700 million over 10 years. So that's uh, what I heard the contract was going to be. Derek, you sent me that text. I got really excited. Uh, who's sponsoring the show for that? Yeah, I, I, I don't really, uh, I don't, what I do know is that the city of Oklahoma City is going to, uh, continue the one penny sales tax so that they can pay for our, uh, for our podcast and probably a new arena for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're one of the, the side projects, one of the maps five. Oh, when you said that it was for the show, you, you meant it was for show. Shohei Otani. Uh, Shohei he's the Otani, one getting yes. 700 exactly. million over 10 years. My yeah. my apologies there. I'm thinking maybe he's probably can toss us a couple shekels. You know, if he wants to sponsor the podcast, I'd be happy to, like, drop his name wherever if he can just toss us a little bit of that contract. Um, I will let our new sponsor become, like, Babel and learn <laughs> some words in Japanese if – Shohei Otani will sponsor the podcast. There we go. Like, let's make it happen. Uh, but it has not happened yet, so we will not do that today. Uh, of course, we have great content to go over, including our Brody Spotlights, over and under results from the before the season. Uh, a new one this week is we officially have a playoff lock. Our Goats of the Week, our Stockwatch, Game of the Week preview for Thursday night, uh, where someone should win. I won't say someone has to win because uh, I watched the scores for these teams this past week. I'm not excited. And uh, then, of course, we'll finish up with our Brody bets with some high fives and handshakes. Derek, I know I just did the rundown there. I want to get to what you are talking about. I missed you last week. I'm glad you're back feeling healthy and well. Uh, what is your spotlight this week? I want to be able to hear that Derek gusto on this one. Yeah, so uh I missed everybody last week. Thank you for allowing me to get healthy. Um, you know, go listen to Travis Kelsey when he tells you to do two things at once, all that jazz. But I have a question for everybody out there in podcast land. Does anyone want to win the AFC number one seed? I don't know if anyone knows this or not, but you get a buy in the playoffs if you win the number one seed. But the top four teams didn't feel like they wanted to. So Baltimore almost lost. They won on a walk-off punt return by America's Brightest Orange, Tylen Wallace. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he hasn't done much in the receiver league, but he can definitely punt return. Uh, it'll be the backup punt returner at this point. So good on him. It's great. Baltimore is in the one spot right now. Miami, everyone expected them to, hey, we're, you know, everyone's a little bit down. Miami's going to walk away with it. They lost to the Titans, 28-27. They were up by 14 with three minutes left to go in this, in that game. 
Kansas City lost to the Buffalo Bills 2017. I'm not going to talk about them right now. I have a little bit of a something later on for them. And then Jacksonville lost to the Browns 31-27. Um, this is the time of year where uh, this is what Saturdays are to uh, PGA golf tournaments. It's moving Saturday. It's where you put your foot on the gas and put yourself into a position to walk away with it. In the NFL, if you don't put your thro- your foot on someone's throat, you're going to let them get up, and they're they're going to get past you. So any point this this uh, last week, Miami didn't show their true colors. Kansas City didn't show that they're the number one team, and Jacksonville does not make any movement. Hey guys, you get you get a week off, and you know you're going to get a home playoff game. How about someone win the AFC number one seed? Winning the AFC one seed, I've heard, is good because you get to uh, have another week to rest. Uh, so maybe we should try to win it, Derek. Uh, you know, I, I know you rested last week. I've heard that I feel like you're coming back stronger, uh, ready to make this playoff push. Uh, talk about a real playoff push. If you've made the playoffs and have them one seed, that extra rest, I think, could be very advantageous. Yeah, I mean, you have to get your guys back. And, and nicks and cuts and little bruises, you know, having a, an extra week to rest, you've been through a lot. You want that rest. I like it, Derek. I it, it does seem like someone will get it, but it doesn't feel like they're just going out there and claiming it and knowing that they have it right now. Um, one thing that did happen, though, in this past week is that uh, LeBron James and probably Anthony Davis deserves the majority of the credit, did go out there and win the in-season tournament this past week. They did it by going ahead and defeating the Pacers of all teams. Uh, I don't think that if you would have given me a ton of guesses that I would have said, of course the Pacers are going to dispatch the Celtics and Bucks in the East bracket to play the Lakers in the championship, but they did. And uh, they gave them a good fight with Tyrese Halliburton, really showing that he's one of the strong up-and-coming players in the NBA. But the Lakers won 123 to 109. Yes, there were goofy stripes on the court. Yes, they had a new trophy that people may or may not make a big deal about. Uh, LeBron did up winning the in-season tournament MVP which we don't know how much that means yet because he's the only one who's ever won it. Um, I saw a very funny joke online that said uh, LeBron has an in-season tournament MVP and Jordan has zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess if that helps you make you think that LeBron is the GOAT, uh, then more power to you. Uh, they did say the Lakers are going to hang this banner in their arena. I don't know how much they're getting kind of that given to them from the NBA as far as what they're doing. But I also think that if nothing else, this is some sense of pride. The Lakers are not necessarily going to be the best team in the West this year. In fact, when you look at the standings right now, they are barely out of the uh, 
Final Four for the playoff tournament. Well, I don't remember what that's called, uh, Derek, where the 7 and 10 and 8 and 9 play each other. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. End of year tournament or play-in? The play-in the tournament, play-in I think? Games, I feel like, yeah. Whatever. Basically, the Lakers are just outside of that in the West at 14 and 9. But it's not anything where it's, like, super guaranteed, and we all know that the Lakers somewhat have fragile health. All I will say is Anthony Davis went out and had, I believe it was 41 points and 10 board or 20 boards in the championship game of the in-season tournament, which was amazing to watch. He had steals. He had blocks. He was doing everything. He was fantastic. And I just think it's the best basketball I've seen in the fall of a calendar year from NBA teams that I can recall. So kudos to the Lakers for getting it done, even though I don't like them. And But I'm, I'm proud of them for kind of pushing for this and really buying in and believing the hype. Uh, Derek, did you watch any of the in-season tournament? Any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I will say that I only slightly disagree with you on the Pacers uh, winning this or you getting second place. As the Pacers are really up and coming, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is a bona fide star. We're going to see a lot more of him in the future. Um, but a lot of times you're going to have uh, really good teams that can win early in the season. What happens is veteran leadership takes over, and it's an 82-game season. So the bumps, the bruises, uh, you know, they t- you know the, the the rest days, they uh, they add up toward the end of the season. And so I can see these guys getting off to a really quick start, but um, you know, as, as sooner or later the veteran leadership takes over. And the Pacers are going to be, you know, fourth or fifth in the uh, in the East. Still a good team, still up and coming, but they're definitely not going to be uh, the second best team in the NBA at the end of the year. I think that's fair. I was just saying second best in the tournament. I they're currently fifth in the East. Uh, they did beat Philly, I remember, in one of the group games, and then they beat, like I said, Boston and Milwaukee uh-huh. uh, to advance. I was just surprised. I'm I'm happy for them because. They're at least showing that they could be a contender, and I don't know that anyone would really think that until they did something in the playoffs first. Agreed. But now because of this, we have a like a little bit of a prequel, if you will call it that, to what we could potentially have in the postseason. That's all I'm saying. Um, let's go ahead and switch from uh, the 10-foot net to the net in the middle of the court as we go ahead and talk about the Final Four that is happening in Tampa Bay for NCAA Women's Volleyball. You knew it was coming because Caleb keeps talking about volleyball every week in this wide world of sports highlight in the spotlight. So uh, there are four teams left, Derek. It is Nebraska versus Pittsburgh in the first semifinal that will be taking place on Thursday night at 6 p.m. Central Time. And then... The winner of that game will face off against the winner of Wisconsin-Texas. So that is going to be a feisty game because the Badgers are strong. They were the number two team most of the season. 
Uh, Texas played incredible in Stanford, uh, where they beat Tennessee in a three set to two match that was just very intense and long and then beat Stanford on their home court. They're the only not number one seed to advance. Meanwhile, you have Nebraska and Wisconsin who both have beaten each other and are some of the only teams who have beaten each other. Uh, Nebraska only has one loss to Wisconsin this year. And uh, Pittsburgh, of course, makes that final spot. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, Pittsburgh actually completed what is sometimes dubbed a reverse sweep in their uh, final matchup, Derek. They, they were down two sets to nothing against Louisville, and then they came back and won the next three. So uh, when their back was against the wall, they turned it on and they, they got it done. Uh, anyone can take this. It's going to be worth watching, and I'm just excited to see women's volleyball kind of getting its due. Uh, Derek, is there anything that you want to add on this or any thoughts that you may have? Uh, Huskers, Longhorns for the championship with Big Red coming out on top. I like that. I like that. Um, I will say the matchups that I was telling you about, the semifinals are going to be on ESPN. So ESPN proper on Thursday night. And then the championship game, 2 p.m. Sunday on ABC. Yes, it's competing against football. I don't know that it will do that that well, but I will hope that it does well enough. I'm excited for them to get the best coverage that I've ever seen for women's volleyball. And it's going to be a, a great contest. So maybe af- after the early round games for the NFL, go switch over to that and catch it because you're going to want to see some of those sets come down. All right, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, let's switch it up. Let's get to some of the things that we've gotten right uh, from before the season with our over-under results. Uh the win total for the Dallas Cowboys was at nine and a half before the season. I took the over and I was right. Yep. Uh, the Chargers was at nine and a half. I also took the over there and I was wrong. Derek was right because he took the under. <laughs> so uh, this week we both got one of them right and one of them wrong. Kudos to you, Derek, for knowing that the Chargers were going to Charger at some point this year. Um, I don't know if it is quite seen the same in the dictionary, but I feel like chargering and clemsoning should be uh, like almost a hand in hand thing because they think that they're going to do great and they don't. Um, is that does that sound accurate to you, Derek? I'll, I'll give you this. I did not see Dallas doing what they're doing this year uh, with Kellen Moore uh, going over to the Chargers. I mean, we're literally talking about the two teams. In that, uh, I love Kellen Moore. I think he's a great quarterback, great offensive coordinator. But hats off to Mike McCarthy. Um, he has called an offense this year. Dak is in the MVP uh, race. The The defense is looking great. Guys have gone down. Bland comes out and gets the, the NFL record for pick sixes. Like, something's going well in Dallas. I'm just really... You know, I'm going to be sad for them when they go up against the 49ers and get their behind handed to them in the playoffs. Like, 
I don't think, I'm not sure anybody is going to beat the Niners this year. But uh, digital high five going over to you for the Dallas results, and I will take my digital handshake for the Chargers. Meanwhile, uh, additional kudos are given because we have our first team to clinch a playoff spot this past week as the San Francisco 49ers are the first team to have clinched an official spot in the postseason. It could be the one seed. It could be all the way down to the seven seed. Uh, I don't think it will be the seven seed, but I, it could be currently anywhere in the middle. Um, we'll have to see what exactly happens. They are the front runners for home field advantage and the buy in the NFC after the Eagles have dropped back-to-back games to the 49ers and, of course, the Cowboys, making this conversation go full circle. Uh, Derek, uh, who do you think – I'm just going to toss this out here uh, to help us transition. San Francisco 49ers, uh, Mount Rushmore players. Um, do, do we have Joe uh, Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and who? who's the last – Who's the last spot? I feel like I'm missing someone. Oh, man. I mean, there's I, – I think you have to put somebody from, like, modern times on there um, just because, like, you have to update your, your Mount Rushmore every once in a while because there's a billion guys that I could put on there. T.O. was a great uh, 49er. Um, you know, Dallas Clark was – a uh, wasn't Dallas Clark that caught the the touchdown? I think I, right. I think you might be right. When I hear Dallas Clark, I think of Peyton Manning's old time. Yeah, I do too. But, but I think uh, that there is a Clark that was yeah. out there. You, the, the, you the are catch, correct the, on that. The yeah, super awesome. Like, uh, I mean, I know Joe, Steve, uh, and Jerry are my are our top three. Um, do you put like? A Kittle on there? Do you put? I mean, just modern day guys. Uh, do you put a Bosa on there? Um, Ch- uh, Richard Sherman. Oh, it's Dwight Clark. Dwight, Dwight Clark is the name that you were trying to think of. Thank I'm you. I'm looking at their list of current retired numbers. It has Bob St. Clair, Leo Namalemi, Charlie Kruger, Ronnie Lott, Hugh McElhenney, Jimmy Johnson, which I'm assuming is not. Jimmy yeah. Johnson that we would think of, uh, Joe Perry, and uh, I'll give it to this guy because uh, I like his name, John Brody. John Brody <laughs> definitely is the final person. Uh, he he was the quarterback there from 1957 to 1973, Derek. So, so moving forward, this podcast only talks about sports during that time period. If Brody sports talk only during Brody's era. He does have an MVP and a comeback player of the year. So I've got, I've got to give him those kind of shout outs while we're on the pod today. Um, but I do think we will, uh, we will take that into consideration. And while I'm taking it into consideration, Derek, uh, while we just went through who are the greatest of all time players for the 49ers, uh, tell us who is your positive or negative goat of the week, uh, from this past week of football. So I am going to jump all over the Kadarius Tony, uh, Kansas City Chiefs on my goat of the week. <clears throat> so, um, 
if you if you don't know Kadarius Tony um how, was offsides uh on the last couple plays of the of the game uh he's offsides he gets a flag uh, Patrick Mahomes tosses it to Travis Kelsey. Kelsey tosses it across the field, uh, laterals it to Kadarius Tony. Tony goes in for a touchdown. The world goes wild. We look back, there's a flag. It's because he was lined up in the neutral zone. Patrick Mahomes goes absolutely crazy as like, it's not fair. You know, like they never called that. They should have given a warning. You can't call that at the end of the game. And I'm going to say just a little bit, Patrick, I see where you're coming from. I understand that this is the second week in a row where the refs have really messed up the Chiefs games. Like, last week it was a false flag while he was going out of bounds. They got him an extra 15 yards. But then a makeup call for a defensive pass interference that was so blatant, um, which should have been called. But if you, you look at, oh, it's kind of a makeup call, all that kind of stuff. This week, it's a something that happens on a regular basis. Receivers line up like that. Um, it doesn't affect the play. Is it, It's a ticky-tack flag that should not have been called in that in in that particular area on the other hand <clears throat> you can't do it you're a professional you're getting paid millions of dollars and you're just going to be the goat this week you're just going to be the guy that everyone complains about and that's going to be the focal point that's going to be the spotlight not to mention you put up 17 points this week your receivers can't catch a pass like the only person that you can reliably rely on, reliably rely on, that's repetitive. The only guy you can rely on is Travis Kelsey and they're taking him away because they know, okay, go ahead and throw it to MVS. He's not going to catch it. Go ahead and throw it to Tony. He's not going to catch it. Go ahead and throw it to Sky Moore. He's not going to catch it. So there's no fear. There's no more fear of, uh, of the Chiefs offense because they're just going to mess up. And Patrick Mahomes is frustrated and because he doesn't have, like, I'm going to make a good play and my receivers aren't. So this week, <coughs> it's everybody in red. It's Kadarius Tony. It's all of the Chiefs. Uh, so you're just going to take the L this week. I like where you're coming from, Derek. It was, I want to say upsetting. Um, it just didn't feel like it was a good fit or a good, clear, like, this is why they're doing this. Like, it felt like they were being way over the top instead of gracefully going and saying, hey, it happened. Hey, we lost. Like, it it happens. Like, no one wants those things to happen, but they do happen. And when you have a penalty, you got to take ownership. Um, I mean, I would have loved to see Kadarius potentially show up and say, hey, I cost us the game. I should not have been offsides. 
I should have double checked. I should have done all of these things. It didn't I mean, happen. You're right. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead though and switch gears because I want to talk about the goat of the week that you mentioned earlier because it is Oklahoma State legend Tylen Wallace. Now, Normally, Derek is the person who pumps Oklahoma State on this podcast, but I want to go ahead and give Tylen a shout out because he did great things at Oklahoma State. Um, he went out and in his sophomore year had 86 catches, which was tied for sixth in all of college football and had almost 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was First team all Big 12, second team all American, finalist for the Bolitnikoff. I mean, he did get hurt during his junior year. And then, like, during his senior year, he still went out, did good things, got first team all Big 10. But of course, it was also the COVID year and kind of just a weird year for all of those things to happen. Like, when you look him up and you check out his information, online it says he's like 511 198 so he is a bit undersized but even then the Baltimore Ravens in the 2021 draft did go ahead and pick him with a fourth round pick so they trusted him they gave him a chance they said hey we want to be able to bring you in and again at that point they were trying to get talent around Lamar Jackson Tylen Wallace has not really had a lot of opportunity despite his time there in Baltimore. Even in this instance where he was back doing the punt return this week, he's had no receptions this year. He's had no rushes this year. He This was only his third punt return of the year because he was behind Devin Duvernay, who got banged up earlier in the game. Like, you might say, Caleb, why are you doing all this? I want to remind you that all of the people that play football are awesome. <laughs> like it does, it takes so much to be able to go out there and make it on an NFL field. And he's been doing this for three years. And what does he do when he gets a chance to put the ball in his hands in overtime against the Los Angeles Rams? He takes it, returns it, has the best return that he could possibly have 76 yards, getting it into the end zone for a touchdown. Literally, so like I said, it's his third return of the season. It's like he's only ever had three punt returns. Like, even in his other years there, he has not been out there for punt returns. So they gave him a chance. He got it done. And it was his first career touchdown. What a time. What a time for Tylen Wallace. Because... He he was a hero. He was a college hero. He was a high school hero. Like, he was recruited highly to Oklahoma State. And it just goes to show that some of the best people that you know from high school, from college, go to the NFL and they may not be a somebody. But Tylen Wallace was a somebody this past week. Uh, Derek, anything you want to add about... Uh, your guy here. Uh, I will just say uh, goat. 
that's that's for this week. He saved the Ravens from real embarrassment, and so you just gotta go goat. That's what he is. Um, I will go ahead and throw out there: they're ten and three. They are the one seed in the AFC, like you were talking about. Next four games at Jaguars, at Niners, home against the Dolphins, home against the Steelers. That is not a fun super stretch easy. of games. <laughs> just super easy schedule. Super easy, just like Derek said. Uh, yeah. Derek, uh, if you think it's so super easy, why don't you uh, go ahead and make some investments uh, and uh, tell us what you want to buy and sell in the NFL this week. Okay, I have searched the internet. I am looking for some chicken cutlets. I am looking for some bolognese. I am looking for any sort of pasta that I can get my hands on because I'm going full Italian. Uh, I am buying Tommy DeVito as a New York Giant as the quarterback to get them where they're going. This boy, this man, uh, this giant of a man in the last four games, a three and one as a starter. He's got eight touchdowns, three interceptions. And the biggest point, I think, he saved Brian Dable's job. Because Daniel Jones didn't look great. They weren't winning with him. They weren't, you know, I don't think he could run the offense really well. And what happens? This, the passing Pison uh, himself comes out and New York does this every once in a while. You had Lynn Sanity a few years back with Jimmy Lynn with the Knicks. Um, and so Tommy DeVito is going to make his, you know, he's probably going to make more in getting advertising this year, get his, you know, this, his NIL, as the uh, the college kids might call it, uh, then he will probably make in this uh, on a on a football field. The Giants are a team that you really don't want to go up against right now because they're putting things together. They're decently healthy. Uh, you know, Saquon's putting up about 70 yards a, a game, uh, plus minus, uh, when it comes to that. They're looking, they're looking like a balanced offense. And, you know, honestly, this guy looks better. Uh, in four games, then Daniel Jones has his entire career. Uh, so I'm getting in early. I'm getting in, um, you know, it's, it's, it's had a little bit of a skyrocket, but I think I'm going to get double, triple my, uh, my investment right now. Give me some chicken cut, cutlets. Give me some ravioli. I'm going full pasta and, uh, doing the, the pinch finger sign. Uh, for Tommy DeVito. I like where you're coming from, Derek, and I do think that what DeVito has done has been incredible. I was double-checking the Giants' stats from earlier this year. Daniel Jones, in six starts, threw two touchdowns and six interceptions. Both of those touchdowns were in their 31-28 to comeback win over the Arizona Cardinals. Now, you could also argue that he played Dallas, he played San Francisco, he played Seattle, and he played Miami. Not an easy stretch of games. I'll give him that part. 
but Tommy DeVito being three and one as a starter, eight touchdowns, three interceptions, it seems like there's some sort of confidence swagger that he has that he's bringing to the locker room. And I've got to tell you this because I was double checking Derek. He was at Illinois last year. He had 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, and six rushing touchdowns. There you go. He he was trying to get a waiver. He wanted another year of college eligibility. There is a great chance that he would be at Illinois right now or finishing up his season at Illinois and not having this career surgence that he's had with the New York football giants. Uh, if only the NCAA granted waivers, what, what would be going on in this alternate universe? But, uh, very cool for Tommy DeVito. I'm excited for what he is doing there in New York and, uh, good time to get stock. Uh, you're telling me that Dylan Gabriel gets six years, but you can't give another year to Tommy DeVito. I am, I'm very upset by that. You know, it just, uh, shows how much it helps when, you're you're a little bit more famous. Uh, I bet he could get a six year now, but I, I don't think that the eligibility rules let you play after you've gotten professional money. <laughs> so Illinois was five and seven this year. Um, how many games do you think he he helps them win? Well, they definitely beat Nebraska with him. I'll tell you that much. Uh, it said he had 15 touchdowns, four picks, and six rushing touchdowns last year. Like he would have gone out there and been great. So, I I don't know. They I'm gonna at least say they win two more, and they have seven and five, and are going bowling, uh, because I feel like that's an easy flip, if nothing else. There you go. Um. So you're staying in the NFC East. I'm gonna join you there because yes, the Eagles have dropped two in a row in at least embarrassing fashion to two of the best teams in football in the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. It's not great. It's not a happy time in Philly right now. Um, people are starting to panic. Um, I think the panic button has been pressed. They were raising the DEFCON level. And I look at their schedule, and I see that they have uh, back-to-back Monday games against – as they travel to the Seattle Seahawks this coming week, will host the New York Giants on Christmas, and then they get to host the Arizona Cardinals and go to the New York Giants. Derek, none of those teams have winning records. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, uh, and while I do like what Tommy DeVito is doing, uh, he has not had Jalen Carter in his face yet, so uh, maybe they'll bring Daniel Jones in time for that to happen. But I do think that I'm going to buy the Eagles. They're they're going to do they're going to make the postseason. They are a tough team to put out. And if anything, I think that this is a wake up call to Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson to say you've got to find more ways to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. AJ Brown needs to do better. Devonta Smith needs to do better. DeAndre Swift needs to do better. Like the Eagles need to wake up a little bit. They need to realize that this is not going to be a, hey, we basically win everything we have when Jalen is our quarterback, to let's go out there and let's put this together. Your schedule's getting easier. You have an extra day of rest after the Cowboys game to go face Seattle. Yes, it was two bad losses, but you beat the Chiefs and the Bills the two weeks before that. Like, 
you've already got a win over Dallas on your resume, and you still have so much talent, and Dallas Goddard is coming back. So right now the Eagles stock is probably as low as it's been in the last two regular seasons, and so I'm going to go ahead and buy it while it is lower than normal because just like the big stocks like Apple, when you see it dip to uh, a low of what it would be in the last two years, you got to at least invest some because you know that it's going to climb again when they release iPhone 92 uh, or whatever iPhone version they're on now. Uh, any thoughts on that, Derek, or do you want to go ahead and start selling some stocks? No, I'm, uh, I am definitely uh, on here buying some stocks. I just have a quick uh, fact check on you. So earlier in this podcast, we talked about, a team who has clinched a playoff spot. Um, could you refresh my memory? Well, that's the San Francisco 49ers. Correct. Yeah, and we're saying that they're the best team in the uh, the NFC, uh, you know, currently, because, you know, they've got the best record. They, they would be the one seed in the NFC yeah, currently, okay. yes. I also remember a couple of weeks back, the, uh, the 49ers had a three-game losing streak. Um, it, it would, th- that did happen. Am I correct on that? Yes, it did. Yeah, so what you're telling me here is really good teams can have down stretches and come back and become the best team in a conference. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be fine. This is a buying opportunity. Scared money don't make money. So let's go ahead and buy that Eagles. Absolutely. What can Brown do for me? Correct. Uh, well, that's... <laughs> A.J. Brown, that is. A.J. Brown. Um, Speaking of Browns, in order to buy that that Eagles, I'm going to have to sell something. And I am selling the entire, entire um, Browns organization. Now, this has happened in the past. They've moved uh, to other locations. And so really not that hard to do with the Browns organization. Um, So first and foremost, the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns is elite Joe Flacco. Um, elite Joe Flacco is on the practice squad right now because they do not want to pay him a contract. So if someone sneakily came along, I don't know, the Minnesota Vikings or, um, frankly, the Chargers because – Herbert checked out the rest of the year and said, hey, you know, we've got some cap space. You want to come uh, hang out on our team for the rest of the year? What would the Browns do? Browns don't have anybody uh, to play quarterback. Their trillion-dollar quarterback is sitting up there in the suites, and everyone else hurt or cut. Um, come on, Cleveland, just give the guy a contract. Get him on the the active roster and uh, don't worry so much about, oh, well, you know, we got a guy coming back next year. You're going to need a backup quarterback, and Joe Flacco is a good guy. That being said, the other side of what I'm selling, everyone talks about, oh, how good this Cleveland defense is. Over the last few weeks, they've given up (coughs) 27 points to Jacksonville. 36 points to the Rams, 29 to Denver. They had a good week against the Pittsburgh Steelers by only giving up 10. 
but the Steelers aren't a great offense, and they give up 31 points to Baltimore. Do you know what uh, what you have to do in the NFL to be a really great defense? You can sack the, the quarterback a lot. You can get uh, lots of stopping the run uh, all you want. You can have great stats. If you're not stopping people from scoring, you're not a good defense. I'm selling – I'm getting rid of all of it. Just, Just you don't have a good GM. You don't have a defense that's going to win in the playoffs. So I'm just selling them all. I, I like that, Derek. And uh, I'm, I'm here – I'm going to sell something a little bit different uh, because I – you know, we were talking about the the big money that Shohei was bringing us earlier, and uh, with some of that, we we try to influence broadcast rights. You know, there there's so much money out there in broadcasting. You know, could Derek and I go to the broadcast booth? I don't know. I'm, th- I'm just going to say it's a possibility someday. I don't know what broadcast booth that might be, but there's a broadcast booth that could let us come out there. Anyway. There were two great games this past Monday, Derek. Uh, the Packers-Giants game, there was a lot of turnovers, a lot of up and down, a lot of catches, a lot of chippiness, a lot of different things that were going on. As uh, the Packers, Jordan Love had a fourth-quarter drive after a Saquon Barkley fumble to get them in, score the game-winning touchdown, or so it appeared, before, as you said, Tommy DeVito drove the Giants back down the field Wandale Robinson, uh, former Husker and Kentucky Wildcat, Wandale Robinson, uh, had some great catches, got them in field goal range, and they kicked a field goal. If you were watching that, what you didn't see is the Titans starting their comeback against the Miami Dolphins because it was going on at the exact same time. Um, the Dolphins literally blew a 27-13 lead in the fourth quarter as the Titans and Will Levis came back scored a touchdown, got the two-point conversion, and got another touchdown before time expired as they had just a monster comeback. It really felt like it kind of came out of nowhere, as if you look at the timestamps, I mean, they did have a lead going into the fourth quarter, Tennessee did, but when you look, and at 434, Raheem Mostert has just gotten his second rushing touchdown of the game, and the Miami's up 27 to 13. They, sh- I mean, to be fair, I could have put Miami's defense in the goat of the week, um, as the negative goat because, I mean, they got down there. DeAndre Hopkins got a touchdown. They literally scored within a minute later with Derrick Henry getting a run and Miami couldn't move the ball after that. The problem is, is that both of these games are happening at once. Monday night football should be appointment television and there should only be one don't don't make us try to figure out which game we need to be watching because i'll tell you when Mostert scored that touchdown the second one it sure seemed like that game should be getting turned off granted it shouldn't have been because the titans came back but it's a problem when you can't you basically can't watch it because there's a different game going on that's also very close and you're trying to keep an eye on everything. Come on, NFL. Give us back regular Monday night football all the time. 
You've done this a few times this year. I'm not a fan. I want one Monday night football game for uh, true Monday night football is what I'm going to call it. Uh, Derek, any thoughts about this? Uh, me going uh, old man and slamming all these multiple Monday night football games. I I have no idea why you put it on at the same time. Like, offset them or, uh, you know, do it where, I mean, we, we've done this in the past for, like, the opening week of uh, Monday Night Football. They've offset games where let's have an early game, let's have a late game. Then you're talking, then you have a lot more eyes on the TV. I don't understand it at all. We both don't. One thing that we definitely don't get is why Thursday Night Football exists this week. Because it's two teams that Derek doesn't like. Uh, it is the Thursday Night game between the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek, I, I'm not saying you're going to watch this game because I'm pretty sure that you would rather not. Uh, but what is your matchup that you could watch if you do watch this game? Because you do love football, and so there's always a chance that you might want to put it on. Okay, so just recently, I'm not changing my matchup to watch, but my boy Max Duggan from TCU just got added to the active roster for this game because Justin Herbert uh is out for the rest of the year. So, like, if Duggan gets out there and Quentin Johnson's out there, maybe Quentin can actually catch a ball from that quarterback. Either way, for me, um, like, I really hope the Raiders win this game um, just because I want the Chargers to cry some more. Uh, but for me, my matchup to watch is Coach Staley, head coach of the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, trying to book a ticket on a jet to get back home because this is in Vegas. Um, maybe he can win a car, uh, something like that, because I think after this game, he's getting fired. Um, the, the Chargers don't fire coaches in the middle of the season, but with four games left, after they lose this game, there's probably going to be a bonehead call, boneheaded call comes through, and that's going to cost them the game. They're going to see what they have with Kellen Moore um, and whether or not he can be a head coach in the NFL or whether or not they're just going to wipe the slate completely clean and try to go with someone else um, next year. And so for me, I think Coach Staley gets fired after, after this game. He's going to have a hard time booking a ticket on like a private jet or – frankly, even business class to get back to L.A. So I'm double-checking here because uh, I'm just very curious. Um, like, it is a four-hour and 16-minute drive from uh, Allegiant Stadium to SoFi Stadium uh, for Brandon Staley to get there and start cleaning his office out. Um, so if you need that information, uh, Google Maps was able to find that very quickly for me, Brandon. Um, as I don't even have the respect to call him Coach Staley, I just called him Brandon. Uh, 
it, it's not good. Uh, I think that you could be right. And even though they don't normally, you, you've got to start getting some interviews going. You uh, let Kellen Moore coach three games and see how well he does or doesn't do. Uh, even if he's got Easton Stick and Max Duggan at quarterback. I will tell you, uh, Derek, if Max Duggan, uh, does throw a touchdown pass this week, I will come on to the podcast next week. And, uh, instead of Dougie, I'm going to say, teach me how to Duggan and, uh, and, 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 uh, do a like little mini chorus of that in the intro for you for, uh, Max Duggan, because I know that he's your guy. I love that redheaded dude down in TCU. Uh, that not not Andy Dalton, not that old. Just to be clear, the other <laughs> the other red red rifle. Um, you know that that's that's how they do down there at Texas Christian. Um, you know you get a redheaded quarterback and they can uh, they can do some stuff. Absolutely. So uh, my matchup to watch is coaches versus scoring. Um, this was. Not good from some of these teams the past two weeks. Um, Derek, how many points do you think is good for an NFL team to score in a typical week? I mean, I would like 21, 24 in that, in that general vicinity. Okay, so just to double check, uh, the last three weeks when the Chargers, uh, granted they went one and two with these scores, they put out 10 points, six points, and seven points. Uh, you're saying that is not a good average. Probably not. No, I mean that's a, that's a little bit below where you want to be. Like they say, a good defense can keep a team at or below 17. So you're trying to score 21, 24, something in that range, so that you can win by by uh, you know four or seven. So 23 points across three games is not good. No, okay. no, it's not. Um, meanwhile, they are playing this week against the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders played in what might be the most Iowa Hawkeye football-esque game of all time this past week, as they lost three to nothing at home to the Vikings. Ouch. Um, I don't have a whole lot of comments or things that I feel like need to be said about the Raiders. Um, they're the Raiders. It doesn't seem like it's going well under Antonio Pierce and not for his lack of trying. I think Pierce is trying to do everything he can. He's a defensive coach and he likes to get the defense to do better. And I think that for the most part, the defenses have shown up pretty well underneath him. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of points. It might be first team to double digits wins, Derek. I, I, I'm not thrilled by the scoring in this. And, uh, not that I want to jump too far ahead to Brody Betts, but I will go ahead and say that this is my wild card that I'm going under 33 and a half on the Chargers Raiders game because <laughs> It is. I I really think coaches versus scoring is is really a struggle in this game. I'll agree with you on that one. Um, as I was watching that uh, <clears throat> Broncos game, it was the 
when it got to 10, the insurmountable 10 point, uh, <laughs> 10 points that the Denver Broncos have scored, uh, because it just doesn't seem like, uh, this team can score. Um, I do, I am glad that this is happening this way with the Raiders because, um, they can just wipe out the entirety of the coaching staff for the Raiders and not really worry about, oh, did we lose Rich Masaccia? Um, or, you know, like, you know, like the way that he went to the Packers as a special teams coach, um, when he had the, the locker room with him. Um, Pierce is a great coach. Um, and in 10 years, I could see him being a good DC, you know, a really good, um, head coach someplace else. But right now it's good to get his feet wet and it's really good to, um, you know, he, he has a locker room. He's a, a player coach and does a really good job. This is good experience for him, but, uh, you know, he's not going to be retained. He's not going to be the coach next year and, uh, the Raiders might be, burning some stuff down. Let's put it that way. I mean, I thought you were going to say the Raiders maybe should get rid of all their coaches so they can stop being an organization. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I was really trying to be on the upbeat path and not say that the uh, the Raiders should just stop being an organization. It's true, though. Again. It's true. It's, it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Derek, you're here. I've passed the baton to you. Go ahead and... Tell us what's going on with Brody Betts last week and uh, what we got going on. Yeah, so um, I try to put in uh, my my Brody Betts into the notes, uh, no matter if uh, it's rain, shine, sickness, or in health, all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, I'm never going to come back on the podcast ever again, Caleb, because I actually had a winning week when I'm not on the podcast somehow, some way. So last week I went three and two. Uh, I had the Navy plus, t- I mean, I'm sorry, I had an Army, uh, minus two in the Army Navy game. Uh, the Broncos plus three at the Chargers. We just talked about that. Broncos won that one. Um, Niners minus ten and a half. A little bit of a shaky game on that one. Uh, <laughs> I won that one, uh, barely. And then I lost the Eagles, uh, plus three and a half. Uh, at Dallas, uh, the Eagles kind of poo-pooed the bread on that one. And then my wild card, Pat Steelers, under 30.5. Uh, I lost that one at what, the first half? The first half, the, yeah. Yeah, first half. Uh, Caleb went two and three last week still. Uh, a really good, uh, he had the Army Navy over 27 and a half. Um, I laughed at that one, but he did win it. Did you see uh, how they got to that, Derek? It was the uh, safety. Was it, it yeah, was, the Army took a safety yeah. as time expired <laughs> to get it up two points. Yeah, Otherwise, uh, it would have been at 26, and I would have missed my over. That was a little bit crazy. Um, a We talked about all the uh, chicken cutlets, but uh, we had the, the uh, Packers minus six and a half at the Giants. Giants win that game. He had, uh, Caleb had the Dolphins minus 13. Somehow that one should have hit, um, but didn't because we play 60 minutes instead of 47 minutes, um, or 57 minutes. 
Yeah. I can't do math in my head. Uh, but you did get your underdog, Rams plus seven at Ravens. Um, you I love how I got that on a technicality too, yep. because it was a punt return touchdown in overtime, and so there was no extra point needed. At that yeah. Point. That's, uh, you should have pushed on that one, uh, cause Justin Tucker is a 90% field goal kicker. Uh, but the, the Ravens Vikings did go, uh, under the 40 and a half <laughs> as, uh, they scored three points, uh, and so that total. was, uh, yeah, the total was <laughs> oh, under. Oh, that one was painful. Under 40 and a half. Uh, John still had a good week. Appreciate him stepping in. Uh, he had the Chargers minus three, uh, the Chiefs minus two and a half. Uh, he did win the, uh, Bengals plus one and a half over the Colts. And then the, he had under 30.5 for the Jaguars and Browns. Uh, the Browns scored 31 by themselves. And so definitely did not get the under this week. Uh, so we're going to oil up the lanes, uh, and put our fingers in some balls and we're going to go bowling. I just realized what I just said. I apologize to our podcast listeners. I was thinking about uh, my days at the lanes. Uh, so I am taking, uh, (laughs) What is this one called? The I've just lost my train of thought. Bears or strikes? Yeah, no. The which bowl? It is. Oh my apologies. uh, New Mexico Bowl. Uh, It is. I have New Mexico State and Fresno State. Uh, So New Mexico State is headed down the train line a little bit uh, from Santa Fe, and they're coming down to Albuquerque, New Mexico, playing in the New Mexico Bowl. Versus Fresno State, the fine Devontae Adams. <coughs> this game over under is 51 and a half. Both of these teams are going to be able to put up some points. And so I'm jumping over 51 and a half in the New Mexico Bowl, uh, where New Mexico State and Fresno State are playing. I think it's this Friday? Uh, that's Saturday. 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 That's when the bowl games kick off, and uh, that's when both of ours are. Oh, uh, I was looking at the the Division Two stuff. That's Friday is when uh, South Dakota State is playing. What about your bowl game, Caleb? So I am going to do some Big Ten bowl picks, um, but none of the Big Ten current schools are there. But since Derek has already done the full rundown of what teams are going where, I'm going with the team that's going to join the Big Ten as I am looking at the Starco Brands LA Bowl. If you don't know what Starco Brands is, I didn't either. I did look it up and it says that they actually have a alcoholic whipped cream. So uh, that is a thing. Uh, <laughs> Did not know that it needed to exist, but it can. And uh, one of many things that they have, and they are based out of California, so this makes sense for them to host this poll. Uh, yeah. UCLA is favored by two against Boise State. Uh, it is in L.A. The over-under is 49 and a half, um, but I'm going to say not so fast, and I'm going to actually go ahead and go against my new Big Ten brethren as I'm going to take Boise State plus the two, to win their bowl game 
Um, sometimes for these smaller schools, it just means more. And I believe UCLA's quarterback is transferring out. Uh, plus their DC left and went to USC. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I saw that. So, uh, wow. give me, give me Boise plus two. I love the Smurf turf at Boise State. <laughs> I, uh, so I will, I like that pick. Uh, so I'm taking the Broncos on a Saturday night. Uh, you also have a different Broncos that are playing on Saturday night, Derek. Uh, yeah, we all love blue. All Broncos love blue. Uh, so I have at the Lions, uh, the Broncos are a five point underdog. These brand new Lions are not going to, uh, to be able to stand up to the Broncos. So I am taking the Broncos plus five uh, on that Saturday game at Motor City. I've never seen uh, a Bronco ride a lion, and I assume that that is what Russell Wilson is going to attempt to do uh, this coming week. Uh, I will say that I saw this on X, and so I don't know if you saw it, Derek. Uh, Russell uh, Wilson NCR did welcome a baby into the world. Congratulations, Mr. Wilson and the Wilson family. Uh, I, I don't, I'm trying to remember if the baby's name was Ohana or it was something short like that. It was a very cute and beautiful looking baby. So healthy baby, uh, as a, a girl dad, I'm just happy for Russell on this one. Uh, Derek, are you double checking that and you want me to, to go to my pick? Amora Princess. Amora. My apologies. Amora Love. Okay. So I, I, I had a, a name that started with vowels and ended with vowels. I was in the right length. I was close. Amora Princess Wilson. Welcome to the world. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and your cheese heads. Oh man. It is not a fun line for me on this one. The Packers at least do get to go back to Lambeau field. It is, they are favored by three and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, I will say that the last time that Baker Mayfield came to Lambeau in December, the Packers defensive backs really like that. Uh, so in this game, I'm actually going to go ahead and go with the under on this contest. I do see that from where it was earlier, it actually dropped a point. So I'm going to go under 41 and a half as I think it's going to be chilly up there. A lot of the people from Tampa are not used to that. And I think that it is going to be a low scoring affair and we're going to see a lot of AJ Dillon quadzilla himself out there running the ball. What happens if Baker Mayfield runs out to the middle of the field and plants a Buccaneer flag? Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Okay, uh, let me head over to my favorite, and uh, someone has to win the AFC. Uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the NFC South, <clears throat> and I uh, am taking a South game. So I have the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they are a three point favorite. I am taking the Falcons in that game. Um. I know Carolina wants to win as many games as they can because of their uh, first overall pick going to the Bears, but uh, 
it's going to be a low scoring game. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, 14 to 7, probably, but, uh, Atlanta gets it, gets it done. I will say that I was double checking something earlier and it was saying that the odds are that Carolina is 95.8% certain to get the top pick. Uh, New England now has three wins. Arizona has three wins. Mitchell Trubisky is doing everything he can uh, with the Steelers losing to get the Bears the number one pick in the draft because um, the Steelers just lost to both of those teams, if you don't remember. Um, so you talked about your favorite. I want to talk about my favorite. They, you know, they were an underdog for John last week against the Colts. This week they're at home. They're hosting the Vikings who uh, apparently don't score points anymore. And going with Nick Mullins to be their starting quarterback this week, uh, moving on from the pastronaut. So I'm, I'm gonna, Jake Browning has looked good. So I'm gonna take the Bengals minus the three and a half as I, I think the Bengals are gonna come out and win this one by double digits. So I, I feel good about that one. That one's a, also on Saturday. It's a noon kickoff for Saturday there in Paycor Stadium. I like Jay, uh, Jake Browning. I think he's doing a really great job stepping in there. Um, I mean, he's got some good weapons. So good on him on that one. Um, let's talk about America's team. You want to go with your underdog real quick? So we've talked about them earlier on the podcast. I I don't know that I think they will for sure win, uh, despite the fact that their kicker is amazing. Brandon Aubrey has just blown me away. Uh, and the amount of difference that that has made. I'm taking the Cowboys on the road in Buffalo plus the two and a half against the Bills. I know the Bills need it. I know that it matters a lot to them. I think that James Cook could have a great game for them. However, if you're going to p- give me some pressure, that NFC race for the top seed is tight. I think the Cowboys are not going to trip up yet. They're going to see that Buffalo won against the Chiefs last week, and they're going to know that they're going to have their hands full. So give me the Cowboys plus two and a half in what I think is going to be a high-scoring game. How are the Cowboys an underdog? I don't understand. Um, Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, man. I don't care if it's in New York or not. That is crazy to me. Um, So my underdog is... A really good Chicago dog. Um, if you've never had Jardinier on a uh, hot dog from uh, Chicago, you're 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 missing out. Uh, so Chicago is a three point underdog at the Browns. Um, as I talked to you earlier on here, I think the Browns are uh, fake. So uh, I don't like what they're doing, and uh, so. I got Chicago. Justin Fields is showing up. Um, I think he's playing for his uh, for his job, or someone in Chicago has told him, "Hey, we need you to, to put up some good stats so that we can trade you for a high draft pick or two. And uh, so, I think Justin Fields gets it done. Uh, Chicago covers three points. Man, Derek, just talking about. Chicago dogs, you're 
You're making me hungry here. You're making me wish that there was a Portillo's nearby, uh, because that is where I would go with my wife whenever we would grab those up in the Chicago area. I know that they can be ordered to uh, be delivered, uh, despite the fact that it would be across the country. So it is, it is tempting to consider doing that. DoorDash, buddy. Just, just see how, see how <laughs> no, they don't do. It is not quite DoorDash, but uh, their Chicago dogs are are great. And maybe someday, if we road trip, we'll we'll have to check it out, my man. Yeah, that um, uh, does sound good. I'm gonna jump on my wild card real quick because I have passion in my voice. I think so. My wild card, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. The New England Patriot game, uh, the over-under for that game is 37 and a half. I think the Kansas City Chief puts up 42 points in that game by themselves. They're going to be so upset. They're going to win so emphatically uh, over the Patriots that, uh, you know, like, Patrick Mahomes, if they lose that game or if they don't put up some points – I don't want to see what what he could do on the sidelines after that. So um, I'm going to say Kansas City, New England. That game's game goes over 37 and a half. I think that'd be interesting. Um, I already said my wild card earlier, talking about the game of the week: uh, Chargers Raiders under 33 and a half. But I'll recap it here because I'm a good co-host like that, host, host, co-host, whatever, keeping the podcast running smooth. Uh, and like he was saying. That is going to be all that we have for this episode. Make sure that you are subscribed to us and you can find all sorts of various podcast platforms where we are at in our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Brody Talk. Also, follow us on Twitter at Brody Talk. Uh, I feel like I've been jumping back on the, the Twitter or X bandwagon again the last couple of weeks. I was a little frustrated with everything when all the news was breaking about the name change and me being slow to change and things like that, but uh, I'm there and I want to get excited for this playoff push with all of you. Follow us, interact with us. Tell us where we got things wrong. Tell us where we got things right. Uh, tell us that you think that we have the best uh, voices for podcasts of all time. Uh, tell us whatever you want because we're going to have fun and we're going to, we love interacting on there. Uh, but on behalf of Derek, my name is Caleb Walgren. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we are signing off. Later, y'all. Bye, guys. Brody. 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 Sports Talk. Brody. 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 Sports Talk. Brody. 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 Sports Talk. 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 Sports Tal